0: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact.
1: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living.
2: Friends, Chris Merrill in Fort K, KFI, AM six forty. It's more stimulating talk. It's been a long two years. As Deborah was saying earlier, we we're at uh, exactly the the two year mark, right? It was two years ago today. Two years the, ago the, today, CD,
3: the WHO yeah. declared this a pandemic, COVID a pandemic. Oh, WHO, yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, and uh, this was the time when um, uh, many of us were watching this and trying to figure out how bad is this going to get. Uh, I think at this time we had. Like 2,000 cases nationwide. Remember those days? 2,000 cases nationwide, and we were very worried about it, as well we should be. Of course, it it played out exactly as uh, so many scientists feared.
3: Well, I remember I actually had a trip planned to go to Japan in September of 2020, and around this time, actually, I think in February, the trip was canceled, and I thought, wait, what? We're talking, it's February, my trip is... In September or October, yeah. sorry, October, and I couldn't believe it. But then everything, you know, just
1: it went to
2: hell fast. <laughs> That's what it? I was
3: going to say. Yes.
2: Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah, it went to hell fast. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, and I'm with you. I was upset because my Kansas Jayhawks were had a very promising season, and I thought they were going to win the NCAA tournament, and the whole thing got canceled. Ah. Uh, right. Yeah. So obviously, we have gone through a lot together, Deborah. We
3: really have.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Don't we sound spoiled? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it is funny, though, that those things at the time, we were frustrated with, like, oh, my trip got canceled. I was frustrated with, oh, my sports team isn't going to get to play. And then looking back on it now, we just realized just how trivial it is. We knew at the time it was somewhat trivial, right? I mean, you and I both knew at the time, oh, like, oh, okay, absolutely. this could be significant. Yeah. But, but I wasn't uh, even look, worried
3: about the trip, Chris. It was more... I- really, this is really going to be that bad? I mean, come on. Right. I, I, I didn't think that. it was, It was. was. I, I just thought, it's going to be over by then. Why am I canceling? Or why Why are you canceling my trip?
2: That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Well, we saw a couple of those cruise ships, remember, that uh, people got sick on. And we thought, well, if people are sick on these cruise ships, and all of a sudden the cruise industry started dropping prices, and I think you could do around the world 900-day vacation on a trip, <laughs> and it would cost you about 36 cents. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> how cheap things were i told my wife i said we should book these now yeah i've never been on a cruise but i said this they're so cheap we should book them now
3: you've never been on a cruise you're missing out no
2: but looking back i'm so glad that we didn't because you know oh, yeah there were still then. no cruises yeah. right there were still no cruises in the in the in that winter either uh guys is andy there andy field our abc news correspondent in dc andy it's good to have you on here what's the uh, what's the latest on this uh cases are declining so are we out
4: of pandemic mode now well, ABC talked to uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky with the CDC earlier today and you know they're ca- they're cautious, they're optimistic, but we were cautious and optimistic last July 4th when President Biden said, "Look, you know, we may be able to declare independence from the pandemic." And that was almost a year ago. And Ooh. then Delta came along and we saw this horrendous increase in deaths and and cases over the summer. People started putting their masks back on, and then Omicron came in, had that terrible surge in the winter. Uh, we seem to be in a lull now, and they're hoping it stays that way. Most states have gotten rid of their mask mandates. Most of them have gotten rid of the distancing mandates. Even some places have uh, kind of lowered and dropped the mandate to get the vaccine. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's over. And that's what Dr. Walensky said. That she said that you know, if 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 we think that going back to normal means 1,100 people a day still die from this disease, well, that's far from normal. That's even higher than it was when President Biden thought we were independent or free of the, of, of the pandemic last summer. Uh, that's three times higher than the number of people who were dying back then.
2: So uh, what's the what's the reason then that we are not so attentive Andy? I mean we as you as you pointed out we're loosening mandates. In fact, uh, today's the last day that kids in California schools, depending on the school system, are required to wear masks. Uh so we're sort of backing off of our aggressiveness in trying to stop the spread of this disease. As you pointed out, we still have more than 1000 deaths a day nationwide. So is it fatigue on our part? Is it that we've we've grown accustomed to it? I mean are are we getting is it is it uh, uh, not to use a bad analogy, but I'm going through anyway. Is it like when you draw a bath and it's far too hot, but you start to get used to that water
4: once you've been in it in a little while? I mean, is it, uh, that, is it a situation may, like that? Yeah, it may it may be all of the above. Um, you know, people forget that we're cl- we're closing in on a million reported deaths in this country from COVID. That is a staggering number of people uh, who have died from this, and it's probably not even a fraction of how many people who have actually died. This is just what was reported in hospitals. So that's, no, that's part of it. The other part of it, I think, is that a large part of the country in, in states like California uh, have been vaccinated. And so those people feel literally immunized from the disease, that even if they're going to get it, we have seen that there are breakthrough cases. They don't get particularly sick from it. So I think that may be a big part of letting their guard down, um, and especially having seen the Omicron variant come and go, uh, with the breakthrough cases where people didn't, especially those who've gotten vaccinated, uh, didn't get particularly sick from it, and certainly didn't end up in the hospital or dead. So those are promising signs, but you know, if, if we look at past pandemics, back 1918 when this happened. Uh, there was a another lull like this, and people let their guard down, and then there was another big, giant wave uh, that took a lot more lives. So that's where the CDC is trying to be cautious and telling people at least uh, their recommendations for federal transportation on planes and trains and buses to still keep your mask on because you don't know where a lot of these people are coming from.
2: Andy Field, our ABC News correspondent in Washington. And, Andy, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. The CDC says, let's let's keep the masks on while we're traveling. Uh, but they really only extended that about another month. I mean, what the middle of April, right? Uh, are they are they thinking, okay, by then we'll reevaluate and it should be better, or is uh, is this, has this been normal that they extend it one month at a time? It seems like they were saying I, I indefinitely
4: this, to begin. Yeah, I with. I think I think this goes back to your tub and hot water analogy. They keep sticking their toe in the water okay. to make sure it's just right, and that's and that's a problem. I mean, we saw this two years ago when the pandemic started and what was it, 90 days uh, to stop the spread or to, yeah. uh, to lower the curve? I don't remember what they called Lightning it back curve, then. Yeah. And then we're mm-hmm. only going to have to wear the mask for a little bit, and then that got extended. you know, Frankly, they don't know. And so they're basically saying, look, we're going to try this for a little bit longer, and uh, if things continue the way they're going, then, yeah, it may be safe to end those mandates.
2: All right. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to and not the mandates. I don't worry about the mandates so much because that's just somebody's guidance. I look forward to the point where I feel, you know, safe doing it, uh, not wearing that mask. And I got to tell you, having the vaccination, you know, three times vaccinated. And then, as I was mentioning earlier on the show, I, I did have the, the Delta variant there. So I, I'm feeling confident, but maybe that's complacency that puts me or the people around me in more danger. I'm looking forward to that time when I don't have to feel that concern. Uh, when i go about so uh andy thanks so much for the report as always it's great talking to you
4: friend Uh, i i I hope your co-host gets a chance to go on her trip to the far east eventually oh i'm going in september
3: actually i am going oh are
2: you that's yeah did you yeah uh, she booked before gas prices went up yeah that's good (laughs) of course (laughs) excellent (laughs) all right Andy Field. Thank you very much, Andy Field from ABC News. Right. Uh Speaking of gas prices, uh, Deborah, you may not be able to afford to drive to the airport. Uh, we'll talk about that and what some people are doing to try to offset the hit to their wallet uh, because of those gas prices. That's next. It's Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. It's more stimulating talk. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. All right, Deborah Mark has her new uh, vacation planned, which is good. Deborah, is this a, a flight? Is this a cruise? Is this a?
3: It's a. It's can, a cruise. Can
2: you give us your destination, and then can you give us your credit card number, and your social security, <laughs> and your home address? This is
3: two years in the making, so um, mm. yeah, it's going to be fun. All right. it's a it's a cruise around Japan.
2: No, I'm so jealous. It sounds fantastic. I know.
3: I'm excited about it. I really am. I don't. I mean, but you know what? I'm not too excited because I'm not convinced that I'll actually go because I'm sure there will be a new variant and it'll be canceled yet again. But my I'm are more lost. positive. Well, thank you're you. You're
2: gonna you're gonna make it. Yep, I'm positive. You're gonna make it. Thank you. And uh, weirdos like me are gonna be stalking you on Instagram, watching uh, your entire journey because you do a great job, by the way, of telling those stories on Instagram. So oh, thank you. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the the results of that fantastic cruise. Uh, was there any sort of a surcharge or anything for fuel?
3: Well, this has been booked for so long, so this I this before I, then. yeah, this is way. Are you kidding? There's no way. I mean, I can barely afford to drive my car now.
2: Well, that's kind of the point I'm making, and we've got so many people that are saying, you know, I can't afford to drive my car, and they go, well, you know, what else are you going to do? And for some, they go well. It's public transit. For others, they say no. Public transit is gross. And depending on which public transit you're taking, they may have a point. Um, For some, they're going, okay. I got to get rid of this this vehicle that I'm in right now. And I certainly understand that. Especially if you're driving something a little bit older, you may be thinking, this is, you know, I got to trade this thing in. Uh, that could be a tough proposition as well. Uh, some people are headed to the car dealerships and they're looking for deals on uh, uh, electrics and hybrids. The problem is they can't find them. Ain't that a booger? KBC had a story on that as well.
1: Skyrocketing gas prices, fueling an even greater demand for electric vehicles. Southern California dealers specializing in electric and hybrid cars say better fuel economy just isn't cutting it anymore. I would assume Leticia Juarez has tips if you're hoping to buy something new or used.
3: At the Riverside Hyundai dealership, zero emission sales are taking off. Sales manager Brian Bigby Wilson says customers in the market for a new vehicle are looking to save at the pump.
2: But don't be crazy about it. This is where you make some mistakes.
1: People are scared of the pumps right now. So my electric cars, my hybrids, and my plugins are selling like crazy.
3: As fuel prices continue to soar to dizzying heights, more Americans are seeking to cut ties with their gas-guzzling vehicles for good.
1: I've always wanted to drive past a gas station without stopping. <laughs> and that's, that's my goal.
2: That's great. That's a wonderful goal. But uh, let's not be silly about things. This is where your emotions can drive bad decisions. And I think there's going to be a lot of that going on. Because you're at a weird place that, in fact, I was reading an article earlier this week that called this the perfect storm for car buyers. The perfect storm. Uh, The perfect storm is an oxymoron, friends. Uh, Headline from The Drive, gas price spike and chip shortage means perfect storm for car buyers. Uh, there's not as many new cars to be found at reasonable prices as what there were back in 2008 when we saw gas prices spike. In fact, I was there in 08. I saw the gas prices spike. At the time, I was driving uh, a Chevy Avalanche. And I was getting, it was a three-quarter ton pickup truck, which is a little bit bigger truck for those that are unfamiliar with vehicles. And uh, it's a little bit heavier duty. And uh, I was getting 11 miles to the gallon. 11. I wasn't driving a ton, but I was getting 11. Well, I was at the point where I was upside down in that vehicle, and my wife and I decided, you know what, let's stop Let's stop making the payments on this car, which are pretty high, and then paying for the gas as well. Let's trade it in. The problem is I traded that vehicle in. I was upside down on it, and then I ended up leasing the next one because then I knew in three years I'd be out of debt uh, on that, and I could start over. So that's why I ended up leasing. I wouldn't do that again today. But that's what I did in, in 2008, and I traded it, and I got a I got a, a Ford pickup truck, which got uh, better gas mileage. I think I was getting, like, 20 miles to the gallon, or maybe even 22 miles to the gallon. It was pretty good gas mileage for that truck. Uh, so I got rid of my my heavy-duty truck with the big engine in it, and I got a little bit smaller truck, and that was it, it did okay. I didn't really save a ton at the pump. Well, I guess I saved twice. If my gas mileage was twice what it was before, then it felt like I was saving, but I wasn't getting huge savings when you start breaking down the actual uh, uh, difference between what I was paying before and then what I was was paying later, but I had a new payment that was much higher because I was wrapping up the negative equity that I had in the vehicle I traded in. And uh, then of course I had the, the lease payment as well. Now maybe if you're looking to buy a car, you're going to have that new new car payment on there. And this is where you're going to have to do some math friends, because the price of cars right now is insane. It is crazy right now we uh in i don't know in an earlier hour of the show deborah and i were talking about this because i have a a hybrid and she was saying boy you could probably get a whole lot for your hybrid right now and you're right i could but i got a couple of things going for me first it's a hybrid i get great gas mileage so even when i fill up right now uh my tank if it's dry takes 14 gallons and i get 40 miles to the gallon and i don't drive a whole lot so i'm i feel pretty good about it and so i'm i don't have that that you know that ache in my wallet every time I go to the gas station. I I can handle it mostly because my wife makes good money. Uh, <laughs> not a joke. And then uh, the other side of that is even though I could make pretty good money on that vehicle, uh, even if I sold it right now, I could probably get uh, probably seventy or eighty percent more now than what I could have gotten a couple of years ago. Uh, but uh, but it's paid off. And if I get rid of it, then I have I have to get something else. unless I have cash in my pocket, which, I don't know, my wife controls the money because she makes it, uh, that means it's going to be money out of my pocket one way or another. Either I'm in debt again, or I'm cutting into my savings. And for what? So that I could make an extra five or six grand on my trade-in?
3: Yeah, forget it. I'd keep the
2: car. Exactly. And I'm afraid we've got other people making this mistake, even if you have a vehicle that's only getting 25 or 30 miles to the gallon, and you want to trade that in for something that's more efficient. First of all, the electrics are hard to come by right now because of the shortages that are going on. Plus, they're
3: so expensive if you can get one.
2: And then we've got the highest electric prices in the nation. So, and I know there's some offsets. I know there's some incentives that the, that the power companies are offering, but I don't think your savings are what you think they are. They might not be at the gas pump, but all of a sudden you're going to get your electric bill and you're going to go, what is going on? So I think before you make a decision, especially if you owe on your vehicle and you're about to go into more debt, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. New and used prices are outrageous at this time, as, we just, as I just discussed with you. I can make way more than what my car is worth by selling it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's better to weather the storm in the ship you've got than it is to try to jump ship and get a new one. Not for everybody. And weigh your, weigh your situation and take a look at your finances. And if, you've been in a, if, you, if you're driving a 2005 and you've been thinking about getting a new vehicle anyway and you've got the disposable income, you know, that's your call. But if you're driving a car that's, I'd say, less than 10 years old, I wouldn't be trading that right now. I wouldn't be trading that right now. Unless there was, you know, and i got to be careful because we have car dealers that are going to go, what are you doing? You're telling people not to trade in? You could trade in, but what are you going to find? I have no idea what you're going to come up with. All right, worst place to be right now. Uh, well, I can think of one really bad place, and that is in an unknown jail somewhere in Russia. A high-profile American finds themselves there, and the rest of us are left wondering, what now? That's next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. It's John and Ken show. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. So imagine that you are working a job abroad. Maybe your job at home is seasonal, and you can find another one in another country that's going to pay you pretty well, and and also uh, give you a chance to uh, get some great physical exercise and and really uh, uh, I don't know where else I'm going with this, guys. But whatever it is, Brittany Griner was not uh, uh, in the United States; she was in Russia. Brittany Griner is one of the biggest stars in the WNBA. In fact. Uh, Is it safe to say she's like the Shaquille O'Neal of the WNBA, Eric? You're a sports guy. Yeah, that's. I mean, currently, yes. Modern. Currently. uh, Modern
1: WNBA, yes.
2: Should I say Wilt Chamberlain of the WNBA? I mean, she's that good. She's incredible. Oh, yeah. No, she's 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 a very good player.
1: She's a two time Olympic gold medalist, multiple time
0: uh, WNBA champion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's an amazing athlete. Amazing. So uh she was um, playing for a Russian team uh, and they won the Euro league's women's championship last February I think and uh, and they won three in a row. So as you were talking about gold medal champions, won some WNBA. She's also won the Euro League. So when she's not playing in the WNBA, she uh, evidently can uh, play with the foreign teams and also make pretty good money there. I'm sure more money than and the WNBA. She's so excited. This is wonderful. And she uh, she uh, won. Uh, she got a medal from that too. And everything was wonderful. It was great. And then uh, her and the rest of the team uh, were trying to get the rest of the Americans anyway. We're, were on their way back to the United States. And uh, Russia says, "Oh no! When she was trying to when she was trying to get on the plane, uh, we found that she had hash oil on her. Uh, we don't know if that's true or not. But she's on an airport outside of Moscow, and they say that they found they say cartridges containing hashish oil. I'm assuming that's like a vape cartridge. Then that she must have that they're claiming she had. Yeah, probably. I don't know if she did or not. Yeah." I don't know if she did or not, but I can think of worse things to have in a vape cartridge than hashish oil. Um, a lot of people are, you know, let that be its own debate. So she got arrested on February 17th. So she's been in, the, in a Russian pokey since February 17th. Uh, that was before Russia invaded Ukraine. So she's been stuck, and we don't know where she is. We just know that she is with the Russians. That's it. She's accused of illegally crossing a border with illegal narcotics in Russia that can carry a prison sentence of up to 10 years. Um, she's not been allowed visits from uh, U.S. embassy personnel, which is, I would say, Problematic. According to U.S. Representative uh, Colin Allred, who's a Democrat from Texas, says uh, the fact that we've requested consular access and it's not been granted is very unusual and extremely concerning. Uh, He's accusing Russia of violating international norms. I would say so. The fact that she's not been allowed access to the consulate is certainly problematic. And they don't know where she is. They don't know. Russia is saying, yeah, we've got her. Now, I don't think she's in a Siberian gulag right now. I don't think that's the case. I think she's probably being held somewhere in Moscow. But we still don't know where. This story is not getting a ton of press right now. And part of the reason it's not getting a ton of press is that there's a concern. Maybe I'm even feeding into that concern. There's a concern that if there's a bunch of press coming out on Brittany Griner being detained in Russia, all of a sudden she becomes more valuable To the russians making it potentially even less likely that they would let her uh return or that they would let her uh uh, move smoothly through their justice system in one way or another and so there's this worry that oh my goodness if we promote this story and we build up international outrage which normally we would do in in stories like this uh because it would put pressure on the other countries to release that individual or at least to go through a a speedy but fair trial that would be monitored by outside media and and scrutinized by uh, people elsewhere. When it comes to Russia, they're in a weird place right now. This is the closest that I've seen Russia to Cold War Russia uh, since 1989. Now, full disclosure, I'm only in my mid-40s. So, my understanding with the the Cold War, and uh, Deborah, you don't even remember the Cold War. I understand that. Nope. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I apologize if I'm talking about old man stuff here.
3: I don't know what you're talking uh, about.
2: Right, yeah. Uh, but do you get that feeling like this is the most secluded Russia's been since the fall of the Berlin Wall?
3: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Um, my worry here is that we've got a situation. It's kind of like the East West Germany thing, where you know, if a West German is detained in East Germany, you might never see him again. Mm. Same situation where if Russia all of a sudden, sudden decides to start playing goofy games, what's to stop? Let me do some irresponsible speculation. What's to stop Russia from claiming that they've caught an American spy? Yeah, I want you to think about outrageous and absurd accusations that could be made because that's the sort of thing that that these um uh, uh what what's the word i'm looking for here these these outrageous dictators these these uh, bombastic autocrats they like to make such uh insane claims and the bigger the claim the more insane it is the more they push that claim it would not in the same way that russia says that we're you know we're uh, working on bioweapons in ukraine that seems like a great place for us to work on bioweapons and a country that has very little uh in the way to offer us and also is constantly being invaded by russia what a good spot in the same way it's possible that all of a sudden russia goes "Uh oh we caught an american spy so it goes from being a minor drug charge, which we don't even know if it's true. It could have been something that Russia was putting together all along in, in order to try to poke the bear. Uh, but even if it is true, we're talking about a minor drug charge uh, that they could somehow escalate by making false accusations. The other thing to keep in mind is, and normally we wouldn't care about this in the United States, we go, well, who cares? Brittany Griner is lesbian, which means in Russia... She is persecuted in a different way. In the United States, we go, it doesn't matter. But I want you to think about a, a, the United States 100 years ago, or even England 70 years ago, right? All of a sudden, she's been she's being held, and they go, uh-oh, we've got buggery on our hands. Right? And they go, well, we've got to stamp that immorality out. We've got to hold her as long as we can because we can't get out there letting her spread that homosexuality. So there are a lot of different undercurrents going on here where you've got, you've got the, the, the extreme prejudice by the, the leadership there in Russia against the LGBTQ community. You've got a high-profile American who may or may not have had a cartridge of hashish oil that could uh, uh, mean uh, 10 days, excuse me, 10 years in, in a, uh, a Russian gulag. But then you've got the situation where Russia is in Ukraine, and we're trying to figure out how do we punish Russia. But what if Russia has something we need, like an American? So it becomes almost like a hostage situation. Nobody's saying that, except me. But basically, the way I'm seeing it is that uh, that, that Russia is holding a high-profile American hostage. And for what? This is why the Americans are saying, maybe we don't make this such a big media deal because we don't want Russia to think they have more than they do. But they do have more than what they think they have right now. It's a tricky situation and more evidence that when you are abroad uh, and the government says, we're asking all Americans to leave right now, probably better. Probably a good idea to take off right then. All right. You know, car thieves can be very bold. We know uh, in in Southern California, those people that take catalytic converters, there's more of those thefts around here than anywhere else, and they can be very brazen about it. Nothing is as brazen as this thief. Not a car. Take it up a notch. Next, Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. Uh... I don't usually like to do this because it, it ends up turning into mansplaining, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a risk on this anyway. Uh, I just want to offer up some advice uh, for people who are working on some sort of an endeavor. Now, some of this may seem obvious, and again, I don't mean to mansplain this to you, but I, I feel like I have to be thorough with it. If you are going to attempt a life of crime, uh, do your research. It seems so obvious, but... Being a professional criminal is no different than being a professional not criminal. You still have to know what the hell you're doing when you go to work. Uh, It, in fact, becomes even more important when you are a criminal. So if you have decided you're going to lead a life of crime and you are going to uh, steal things, make sure you know how to use those things. We ran into a problem, and I think it was, hold on, let me open this. Yeah, it was Newport Beach the harbor newport beach it was a problem where some criminals didn't heed that advice so again I, I don't mean to to sound like i'm talking down to you or like i'm i'm stating the obvious but there are a lot of people that really don't know what they're doing uh, i believe it was uh, ktla that had this story <laughs>
0: Well, good evening, you guys. Yes, and police say that they were first called to this area of West Coast Highway, right across from the Balboa Resort, this morning on reports of vandalism. Now, witnesses say that a man was here. He was trying to steal emblems off some pricey cars, and then...
2: All right, so you got a guy who's stealing hood ornaments, uh, and the cops get cold. The cops sh- and then they see something going down.
0: Went down the street, stole a yacht, and began wreaking havoc in the harbor.
2: There you go. Decided to steal a yacht. Oh, look, uh, from a criminal lifestyle, he was ambitious, right? This is kind of like the guy that shows up in the mailroom and then just waltzes his way into the CEO's office. Think of Tom Hanks in Big. That's basically what this guy is, only of the criminal world. He goes from I'm going to steal hood ornaments to that yacht
0: looks nice. Watch as an out-of-control boat yeah. runs over a sailboat in the marina in front of Amory's Boutique in the 2500 block of West Coast Highway in Newport Beach. Oh my. I heard the noise of a, um, it almost felt like an earthquake. The shop's owner said...
2: Except it was on the water, so it'd be like a waterquake. Fantastic.
0: ...says it was around 10 Thursday morning when a man, police have identified, as 38-year-old Joel Sangam, stole a pricey yacht.
2: 38 years old, he's still stealing hood ornaments. Friends, I don't care what your profession is, whether it's legitimate or criminal, your ambitions need to be higher by the age of 38. If your ambition at age 38 is, I'm going to go steal hood ornaments, you're going to have to examine some things in your life.
0: From a yacht dealer next door to her business. He was a bit out of his wits and um, didn't know how to even maneuver the boat.
2: Again, didn't know how to maneuver the boat you have to do your research if you're stealing hood ornaments and you see that somebody left the keys in a yacht but you don't know how to drive a yacht this is not an on-the-job learning kind of experience i know you're probably trying to impress somebody somewhere and maybe you're taking that yacht and you're gonna uh, take it uh, down the shoreline and or the coastline and you're gonna try to pick up some hottie and you're gonna go hey baby i should jump on my boat but if you don't know how to drive that vessel Chances are pretty good you don't know where to find girls with the vessel, and chances are pretty good you have no idea where you're going with that vessel once you do get control of it. So if you see a yacht that has keys in it, and you don't know where you're going to take that, you're not getting away. you got to think this through.
0: She says a woman was in the sailboat when he drove the yacht oh over it. Oh my gosh. She actually was underneath with her dogs, <gasps> and it was not her boat. It was her
2: friend's. And it was um, very scary for her. She went to the hospital. She isn't seeing very clearly.
0: Witnesses oh say the suspected boat thief then started doing donuts in the water and hit a few more boats. This man also heard all the commotion happening in front of his office.
2: By the way, this guy is standing there. He's telling the story and he's got a cigar in his hand. And it's the greatest thing ever. He's just—he's on camera and he's living the marina lifestyle. Got the, hey, TV crew's here. <laughs> Ah, it's good. Ah, that is good. That's a Macanudo right there. Feeling good about this. Ah, That's a Drew Estate long drag. Cool. So my first reaction was to make sure the woman was okay. At that moment, the man pulled back and started heading towards the bridge. And he's got the boat in reverse. He's finally able to figure out how to put the engine in reverse after he plows over these other boats in the marina. But then he doesn't know how to get it out of reverse, so he starts doing donuts backwards. He has no idea what he's doing.
0: As he did that, police were in full pursuit. Witnesses tell us the suspect then jetted across the bay where he hit another boat oh my. before colliding with a wall just to the left of the Lido Bridge.
2: Okay. All right. Well, the uh, police got him in custody uh, because uh, Goober didn't know how to... This is, this is, this is kind of like a car thief that doesn't know how to drive a stick. Except that if you're a car thief who doesn't know how to drive a stick, you may figure that out after you stall it a few times. You've probably seen somebody else do it. You have a general idea of how the clutch works. You might be able to get away with something like that. Plus, if you're a car thief, you probably know where you're going to take that car. Like a garage. If you're stealing a yacht, you're going to need to know where you're taking that yacht. This guy didn't know how to drive the yacht. He definitely didn't know where he was taking the yacht. He was in so far over his head that at some point he probably should have just jumped out. He couldn't have done any more damage. Just jump out. Now he's in custody, which means he's 38 and he's in jail for stealing a yacht after he was stealing hood ornaments. Uh, His friend has not made some good decisions in life. All right, in just a few moments, uh, one thing none of us seem to be anymore is gassy. We'll find out why. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app.